Hi everyone, I'm your host Tess from Spellbinding and you're listening to Everyday Witch, a show that helps you discover and unlock the magic within. Hello everyone, today's guest is Andrea Donnelly, who is a money witch, quantum sound and energy healer and founder of We Are Here to Remember. She helps high-achieving business owners align with their highest potential so that they can gain clarity through her mentorship. And I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. And if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you very much, Tess, for having me. I love um, I love everything that you're doing. The name of your podcast is so good. Um So yeah, so I am all the things you just described. I am a quantum sound and energy healer. I have had a clear channel of communication since I was a baby with my team of guides who are a really amazing group of Akashic record keepers and witches and fairies and angels. And like, they describe themselves as all the good vibes, basically. Like I'm a clear channel. I work from a very multidimensional perspective. And because I've always had this very um, wacky, you know, sense of spirit and relationship to all things magical, I have lived uh, essentially an anecdotal study about whether magic is real. And it is. In my own life, I've seen it. And I was told from the time I was a very little kid that I was going to eventually start a business where I would parlay my own experiences on this planet and other lifetimes into doing the work that I do now. So I work with really incredible people who are all over the map in terms of like all kinds of different people. I work with people who have seven-figure businesses, who have advanced degrees, who you would not necessarily imagine would be, you know, hiring a witchy spiritual mentor. I work with people who are, I have a client who's a comedian. I work with artists and farmers. Like the thing that's cool about my work is that it works for everyone. And that is one of, but it's It's not for everyone, if that makes sense. Like it will help anybody, but in order to really benefit from it, it does require a certain leap of faith as it were. So it's incredible. I really help to anchor people into a really powerful level of abundance. And I do that through this very, again, multidimensional technique that I have crafted over years of medical physical study. I started meditating when I was 17. I'm going to be 44 in April. So it's been a really long journey. I've studied like so many different modalities and I just, I love, I love magic. Like I love magic. I love seeing how it, um, how it helps people. I love seeing how it changes people's lives, how it unlocks incredible levels of wealth, money, magic, miracles, you know, physical health. It's, it's incredible. And my life was, we'll perhaps get into this, but my own life was really complicated and hard for a very long time. And I wouldn't change anything about my journey because like, this is where I landed. And this is so ridiculously fucking cool. So that is my, (laughs) it's my long intro about me yeah I love it and that sort of is the first question um like what started you down your spiritual path and inspired you to begin coaching others 
uh, a little bit different because usually people come on and they're like, what got them into magic? But it sounds like you've been interested in that from a very young age. So was there anything specific that got you more interested in it? Yeah. So I have, I have, um, I had a bunch of really, I've had a lot of really powerful experiences over the course of my life. But um, when I was around five years old, I was watching the Sesame Street uh, special that was called Don't Eat the Pictures. And I've had to go back and be like, is that a real thing? But you can look it up. It's, you can Google it. It's a real, it was a real thing. The Muppets get trapped in the Met. And you know, the art world is complicated. There's a lot of messiness that is related to things like museums and stuff like that. But also the Met has always also been one of my favorite places in the world. I lived in New York. I used to just love to go there. Like art, regardless of all of that complexity, is really fucking beautiful and cool and invigorating and all the things. Anyway, in this special, the Muppets meet this the soul of an Egyptian boy who's been trapped on earth for 4,000 years. His parents have gone home to the stars and they learn that basically the way that you move forward, they're shown the scales of justice and they are shown that in order to be able to move forward from, you know, one's human experience or whatever the thing is, like the lessons that you've learned is that you need to keep your heart as light as a feather. And my guides were like, that is what you need to do no matter how hard it gets, no matter what your life looks like. And at that point, my dad had passed away when I, a couple of years prior, he passed away like out of the blue, right before I turned three, he died from stomach cancer. And it kind of unleashed this just really deep level of chaos in my family. His family was really heartbroken by that experience. My mom and her family were not a equipped to sort of handle the magnitude of grief. And we would eventually become estranged from his family and her family. So I experienced a lot of like really weird, very intense trauma from the time I was a kid. And I always had my guides in the back of my head, you know, being like, just keep on going, keep on moving, keep your heart as light as a feather, you know, like that's really big stuff for someone who's that little, but I under, and I've come to understand it a lot, you know, better as I've aged, but things like that were kind of always part of my experience. I channeled light language from the time I was a little kid. I didn't talk about it until a couple of years ago. I mean, do you, light language is ridiculous. It sounds like Elegant gibberish is what I often call it, or like a Muppet tongue is another thing that I always called it. And I knew that it was too weird, quote unquote, to like share with people or talk about, but I used it to communicate with animals, to communicate with plants. I have a bunch of like crazy stories from when I was little about using it essentially like we were on a vacation once in Florida where my grandmother lived and there was an egret who had been injured by a hook, a fishing hook. And there were these rangers who were trying to like calm the bird down to get her to a wildlife vet. It wasn't working. I was like in third grade at the time. I was like, I was like, I can help, you know, I'm like, let me get right in there and be the one to like calm this bird down and get her to the vet. So my grandmother and my mom were like, listen, we know this may seem ridiculous that this like child is throwing her hat in the ring to be part of the rescue team, but 
she's got a way with animals. So she says she can help. So maybe just let her if you're open to it. Right. And they did, they were like, okay. And I remember walking towards her and I, I like was whispering it, but I was channeling light language. And I was basically telling her, you know, explaining to her what was happening. I was like, you know, I know this is really awful. You're in a lot of pain. I know you're really scared. I know that you know that this happened like quote unquote, because of humans, but also like these people are actually trying to help you. And I was able to wrap my arms around her and like calm her down enough so that they were able to get her to the vet. And the grownups were all like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> this little kid and stuff like a few years prior to that, I had been in a park with my mom and my aunt and I had announced that I was going to go catch a pigeon. I'm a big fan of pigeons for life. I love them. Um, and they, my mom and my aunt were like, okay, you know, whatever friend I was like around four come back with a pigeon in my hand. And they were like, what? How did you do that? And also let that bird go right now, you know, like that kind of a thing. So I've always, I've been, I describe myself as like an OG weirdo. Like if there is a thing that is weird about being a person, there's a good chance that I'm involved in it. And, and so I also, that's made it so that my work is even that much more powerful just because I've been like on this, you know, journey for so many decades. And I think that for a lot of us, right, you and me and everyone who does have essentially a magical sensibility can feel really scary. It can be really not just from this lifetime, but other lifetimes where it wasn't safe for us to speak our truth. It wasn't safe for us to show the world that magic is real. And I think that's one of the like most powerful gifts that I hold is that when you hire me, it can be, it can feel really intense to essentially come out of the closet, you know, of being a magical thinker, a magical doer, someone who has, you know, a relationship to these really powerful things, but whatever you're doing is going to be potentially tame in comparison to what I've, whatever I've been doing. And so I also give people a lot of room to be like, well, that goof clown over there who's like channeling light language and being so fucking weird for decades can figure out how to like turn her gifts into something really concrete, really successful in the 3D. I'm like, what am I holding back with or from, you know? So I think I give people a lot of inspiration and permission to just like let their fucking freak flag out and just be like, here's the thing about me. I'm an epic weirdo. And like, there's a way where you can make a lot of money and and be really happy and and just like allow sort of the criticisms of the collective to just like literally roll off your back because at the end of the day the only thing that matters is if you're living a good life of stewardship and you're showing up for yourself in a way where you're really sharing your light is there a reason you began coaching others yeah. So I had, I had always been told by my guides that I was going to start my own business someday. And that essentially, not that it didn't matter what I was doing in the interim, but that it kind of didn't matter what I was doing. Their advice, which was very good. And I can't say I necessarily fully embraced, but you know, they were like, just have fun with where you are now, knowing that someday you're going to like essentially invent something that's going to be really meaningful. So I always knew that I was going to be doing something. I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew that I was essentially moving towards a point where I was going to take 
the things that I had studied. I learned, I got my first and my second Reiki um, attunement right after I graduated from college. I have studied herbal medicine and flower essences and all kinds of different energy healing modalities. And like I said, you know, I learned how to meditate when I was in high school. I've been on this really deep like path of self-discovery. And I always knew that there was something about me. Like I was always able to basically see these very profound truths about people, whether they or me, like, <laughs> you know, enjoyed it. Um, but I was always like hyper psychic. A couple of years ago, uh, this was maybe like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. I was with a bunch of my friends. We were getting ready to go out of town and we were on one of our friend's driveways, we were getting ready to like get into all the cars and head out. And I heard one of my friends say to another one of my friends, can you sign this? And I saw like clear as a day that she and another and her partner, this other old friend of mine had gotten married. I am a corny bitch. I love love. I am so like goofy. I love, I mean, I have this like heart embroidery behind me. I love, I love love. I got super excited. My like whipped my head around and I was like, oh my God, you got married. Like, I was like, and my other friend was like, you witch. Like, you know, rolled her eyes at me and was like, we were trying to keep it a secret. <laughs> How did you know? And I was like, I'm sorry, I saw that the thing you said, can you sign this with a wedding certificate? And I guess now everybody knows. So congratulations. <laughs> Like that was kind of the stuff that was always happening in my life. So I knew, so there is a reason I'm like bringing all of this up is because I knew that at the end of the day that I was supposed to use all of these capacities to really help people. I woke up in March of 2020. I think it was like the 13th or the 14th, if I'm remembering correctly. At the time I was, I was disabled by nerve pain. So my life did not look like I was like getting ready to start my big mission, but I woke up and I could like feel, you know, when people do the thing where they like do this and they're like, oh, the wind has changed. Mm -hmm. Like I was always very able to sort of feel into the collective energies, woke up this day in March and I was like, oh my God, to my guides, I was like, oh, I have to start my business, don't I? And they were like, you sure do, girlfriend. It's time to fucking get going. Like, Tess, at the time, my nerve pain was so bad that I had a, an application pending for long-term disability. And I was like, mm, okay. I was like, all right. Like, I guess I'll start this, whatever that means, like ramp up the process. I didn't understand what it looked like. So I was involved in this really long personal trust fall of just being like, I hear you. I can feel that the world is different than it was even yesterday. And then, you know, and then everything started to unfold, the complexity of 2020, the fact that so many people were literally called essentially to go inward, right? We were so many of us were like literally stuck in our houses. And I don't think that was a mistake in terms of the metaphysical impact of all of that, right? Like, I feel like all of us were really called. How many people quit their jobs 
totally reassessed their lives, did these massive things like moved across the country, did these things that were really um, had this like high level of magnitude, totally changed their lives. And I was told that it was time to start my business. A couple months later, I hired a business coach. Didn't again, it didn't look like to the external world, like I was, you know, really at a point where it would make sense to be starting a business. And I'm laughing because like it really, I get what it looked like. Like I had friends who were like, I think she's gone crazy. Like who does she, you know, sort of that, like, who does she (laughs) think she is? Like, what is this? Um, It's also interesting because while we were talking about the enormity of what we're experiencing as a planet, um, the lights above me just went out totally, which is a little crazy. And I apologize for the fact that now I'm a little darker, but okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's, so yeah, I, I always knew that I was supposed to be doing this and I started my business and I have essentially taken all of these different things that I've learned and I use it to do this really, um, futuristic, intuitive business and life coaching, basically. That's, that's amazing. And I agree that like, 2020 definitely made people look inside themselves. They didn't have any outside distractions or anything else to focus on. And I think that's why TikTok blew up so much because it was the only like main distraction people could focus on. Yeah. So it was, it's a great time to like start that type of business for sure. And I was wondering how do you help others become fully aligned with their psychic gifts? You know, it's so interesting because I always see this image. I I kind of call um I call the you know epigenetic trauma that we inherit and the karma and our own, you know, the trauma that we experience in this lifetime, all of that stuff. I refer to it as our energetic bag of rocks. And what I see from a psychic perspective is that the more that all of us, every single one of us can like sit with essentially the enormity and the pain, not saying it's easy, but all of that energetic baggage, basically the way that I see it is that it creates a certain amount. If you think of it like sound frequencies or something, it creates a lot of static in your ability, because every single one of us, everyone, whether, you know, you're meant to be someone like you or I, who's like using our psychic gifts to help other people, or if, you know, you're someone who's, who's not meant to be doing it professionally, but every single one of us has psychic gifts. And the more you can clear out, if you, those, those frequencies, those distortions, those misalignments, which often end up sort of showing themselves in human form through things like anxieties, you know, fears, all of that kind of like noise, the more you can clear out all of that noise and really essentially sit in the silence and listen to what I always call the whispers of our own heart, the more you can basically figure out like how you communicate through the psychic field. And that requires you to, you know, show up for yourself, to heal your pain, to heal your trauma, and to also start to basically be like a little bit of a metaphysical detective and say like, okay, 
how do I receive, you know, maybe you feel like nothing is happening when you sit in meditation or prayer, you try to like clear that static or noise. But if you give yourself permission to just kind of enjoy the process and start to be like, oh, engaging in like pattern recognition, you know, maybe you feel certain things, maybe you literally see things, maybe you hear things, maybe you smell things, right? There are all kinds of different ways that psychic information comes through to each of us. And it just depends on your unique frequency and makeup. The more you clear out all that noise, the more you align into it, it truly is what I always think of as like our greatest currency. Like I really believe that our psychic gifts, especially at this point where there's so much external chaos, that in order for each of us to really succeed and live a life of, of beauty and of truth that like actually helps to hold some kind of stewardship and magic. I, I'm obsessed with the word stewardship. You've heard me say it like 10 times at this point. But in order for us to really anchor into the way that we were born to, we're, you know, basically walk in concert with the earth and the sky, that requires us to acknowledge and understand that like your, are your psychic gifts are real. And that if you start to work with them, the impact that has, cause it's like another, it's just like having access to another language. Like to me, I never understood it when, you know, people would sort of scoff at like psychics. I was like, why would you not want to cultivate your psychic gifts, your psychic powers? Like I want, you know, a doctor who is psychic. I want a therapist who's psychic. I want my car, you know, the person fixing my car to basically be leveraging every tool that they possibly can. Like, to me, I never understood sort of the fear that humans have, well, not all humans, but a lot of humans have to that sort of otherworldly way of relating. Cause I was like, but why wouldn't you want more in your toolkit? Not less. Like to me, that never made sense. And it's so wild to see the way that it works with my clients because things will happen like earlier this week, I have a client who is such a dynamo and she's already built this like massively successful business for herself, but she hired me because she, you know, wants more. She wants to expand. She's setting up a nonprofit leg of her business. She's got a really dynamic vision for, for essentially a legacy and on Monday, she asked me to energize something specific in her business. Tuesday, six new people signed up to work with her. And she was like, oh my God, like that's a new record in her business. You know, that like that is the kind of stuff that happens. She knew she got a hit from her guides, right? Psychic hit, whatever you want to call it, that she needed to ask me to do this specific thing. She does it. I asked her to do a couple of things on Monday, Tuesday, she wakes up. And then over the course of the day has six people sign up to work with her. She is someone who has a brick and mortar business. So this is also like, she's not, you know, a traditional coach or she, you know, she doesn't have an online business. She has like a concrete 3d business. And she was like, once again, your magic is so fucking crazy. Like I cannot, first of all, she, you know, but, but like, that requires a level of trust, right? Like she is working on cultivating her own ability to trust her psychic hits, goes and asks me to do this wacky thing. And then there it is like, boom, 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 boom. If you can do that, it, it, it is. It's like, why would you not want that in your toolkit? Like to me, it's like the secret weapon that all of us need right now is to be like, okay, clearly the systems that are in play on this planet, no matter where you live, do not work within for us. 
They don't work with and for the animals. They don't work with and for the earth herself. They're all fucked. <laughs> Every one of them, education, finance, religion, all of it is total garbage. Our food systems, literal fucking garbage. <laughs> there's not a one, there's not a one overall system that actually moves from that place of stewardship. So to me also that idea that Gandhi said of like, be the change you wanna see in the world. I wanna help that woman, my client, get even more abundantly wealthy than she already is because that benefits her, it benefits her children, it benefits her community, it benefits everyone that she helps. And then she can take that money and use it essentially to, to live a joyful life and to reinvest it back into things that create a totally new world. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's, it's funny because I interviewed someone who was all about manifestation a while ago and she was talking about how the more we help like women become abundant, the more they give back because that's the whole cycle is like they're giving back, they're helping their community, they become abundant and then they help other women. And it's like this cycle that helps the community instead of just keeping it all for yourself and like hoarding your abundance. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it so... It's, it's antithetical to everything that we're taught about like how, you know, sort of like I grew up, I was born in New England. Um, there's that kind of like, I always think of it as sort of the bony tight fist of like Puritan, you know, you work hard and do these things. And like, there's like a stinginess that I think is sort of related to the old way that all of us were taught that money exists and money functions. But I always called it, I always saw what was coming for the planet. Um, I use the words, the economy of generosity. And it's exactly what we're talking about right now. It's about this idea of people, especially women who have been historically, right? If you look at history, I have a degree in American studies. So I like I've studied both like the U.S. and also the history of imperialism and all of the ways that this stuff has really messed up our ability to be able to like live in concert with uh, with that sense of generosity and prosperity and abundance. We've we have been women were so kept out of, you know, they're kept out of that cycle of abundance and that cycle of of beauty. And so to me, there's really no, there's nothing that lights me up more than helping people activate their spiritual gifts and be able to really sit in that energy of abundance. And it was a journey for me. Like I'm an old punk. My parents met as peace activists. There's a lot of like poverty consciousness and stuff that I had to like clear out of my own experience in order to be able to get to this point. But I really believe, based both on like my, you know, life as a young activist and a punk and all of the things that I've studied and then all of my metaphysical work, that the way that we really fix all of these problems, this mess that we're in, is by activating our power, activating our psychic gifts, and really stepping into this sense of, yeah, of women being so well-resourced and saying, okay, you know what? Your system really sucks. <laughs> like, fucked the earth up. It has not been good for anybody. We're going to do something better. 
So like whatever all of you are doing, all that chitter chatter, the noise, you know, isn't it ironic? I think about this all the time about how ironic it is in so many ways. Like whatever anybody thinks about him, Ronald Reagan had an astrologer that he worked with. Like you can look her up. I think her first name was Jean. And, and, you know, when you think about like churches, celebrities, many politicians, not just him, businesses, corporations, they use magic. They use literal ritual. They hire psychics. They have astrologers. They have people who help hold the energy and the frequency of that sense of magic for their own success. And then they're meanwhile like, oh, magic isn't real though. None of you don't, don't look over here at what we're doing. We're literally using this thing that we're also telling you isn't real. So I think one of the big calls, and I think this is like the beauty of the kind of things that um, women like us do in the space that we hold, is it's really time for humans to say, you know what, uh, anybody can say anything, but how are they actually living? You know, like, what are they, like, we can all say whatever we want, pretend that magic isn't real, act like all this stuff isn't something really potent and powerful that will change your life. But how are you actually, what are you doing behind the scenes? Because to me, if the power structures are telling us one thing and then directly behaving in a way that is the polar opposite of whatever they're saying, that's a big wake-up call for all of us to be like, oh, maybe I should get involved in some magical thinking because actually it looks like churches and politicians and businesses actually benefit from this thing that they're saying isn't a real thing. So like, maybe it's time for me to get on board with some of that. Yeah. And, and that's like, so true for everything. Don't look at what someone's saying, look at what they're doing when yeah. it comes to like activism, when it comes to anything, when it comes to relationships, because, you know, anyone can say anything, but what are they actually doing? I, I always follow that advice. Yeah, it's 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 really strong. It's a good way to live because we can get really seduced, right, by by people's words. But it's really and words are beautiful. Words are meaningful. Like the words that we speak are actually really impactful in so many ways. But also, if you are living in a way that doesn't align with that, you know, it was kind of surreal and many ways to live through the past couple of years because this always really struck me and I'm not like trying to like make this political at all but wasn't it curious to sort of look at the political landscape especially in 2020 and 21 and be like huh that person over there is telling like everybody that they have to do x y and z but then they've literally been caught on camera like doing the exact opposite, going to a hair appointment, having a party, doing something where if you really believed the thing you were saying, why would you enact a different set of rules for yourself versus everybody around you? Because at that point, that's a really ugly reinforcement of, of lies and hierarchy and basically using dark magic in my opinion to essentially like trick people into thinking one thing versus like how you're actually living and and I'm not saying like 
don't enjoy your life. Don't get your hair cut. Don't like <laughs> celebrate the things. But if you're telling everybody that they have to do a certain set of things and then you're doing the exact opposite, like who the fuck are you? So yeah, I think that's the main problem or that was the main problem is that they didn't, nobody has anybody to answer to if you're at a certain level and then you can do whatever you want. And especially when it comes to the government, people are just don't don't have any rules when they are the ones working inside the government. So that I think really showed in 2020, but it also showed that like people shouldn't say things until they know for sure, because that's what caused so much mistrust. And I think that really screwed things up because just with like the CDC, I think it was like, they didn't know what they were talking about. And if they waited a little bit longer, it would have helped a little bit with the mistrust and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you know, that's, I think another thing is like, it's okay to not know an answer, but like, if you double down on your own bullshit, when you don't know, instead of just being like, we don't actually know, that's the thing about us. And then just like sitting with that and being like, Here's some advice that we recommend to you. But again, you know, if you were telling people to do certain things, yeah, it's just, it's, we really, we witnessed a very, very wild sort of unfolding. And is it, it, you know, social media and all of the tools that we have really made it so a lot of that stuff was like very much like brought to the surface in a way where I know there you know there is a lot of like criticism to be had about things like Instagram and TikTok and social media but also those tools are so powerful because they do in a lot of ways at the very least create an opportunity for all the rest of us to be able to see the discrepancies. Yes. And I think in general, it showed how much people panic when they don't know anything, when there's a huge unknown and nobody has answers and how scary that is for most people and how much people can't handle the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I mean, the unknown, like, you've heard a bunch of really wacky stories about the course of my life and how I feel like I've always really been called to like exist in that liminal space of like magic and the unknown, but that's not most people's experience. That's not like most people who are not me have in many ways experienced some sort of like sense of, you know, trust or support from those systems. And because of the sort of wackiness of my own life, I've always been, I've always been really like living this very different experience than other people. So I think it also, I felt really lucky in a lot of ways to have really worked for many years on fine tuning, you know, my sense of inner um, discernment, right? That's the word that I'm looking for, where I was like, oh, this is interesting because again, you know, we can all say things, but at the end of the day, what is the energy behind? What is the actual intention? And I think that's the other thing that's really cool and powerful about unlocking your spiritual gifts. Again, to go back to that sort of idea of having as many tools in your toolkit as possible is you can be like, maybe I don't actually understand what 
exactly that person is saying, but it doesn't feel like it aligns with my truth. And when you really work on cultivating your spiritual gifts, it gives you like an even deeper ability to do that, to be like, huh, like I, I am not sure about what they're saying, but that doesn't feel like it works for me. And that is another thing too, that I feel like is like a massive call for all of us is that the most important thing that any of us can do, in my opinion, is to figure out what does work for you. What does work for your own body? I don't want anybody telling me what to do with, with my body. And I mean that in all the ways, like I have been fairly horrified the past couple of years to see the way both sides of the political spectrum, at least in this country, went really hard on trying to tell other people what to do with their bodies. You know, Republicans are like trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. (laughs) The lights just came back on again. (laughs) Um, So what a strange turn of events. Um, And, you know, on the other hand, we have liberals trying to like mandate all these things. And to me, I was like, How do you guys not see that at the end of the day, the ultimate thing is that you're all trying to tell other people what to do with their, with their bodies, which like we can't, no matter what you think about any of that stuff at the end of the day, to me, that's one of the things we all have to stop doing. We have to make room for, I've thought long and hard about this, about what does it mean to be enlightened? Like whatever, (laughs) like those words can feel sort of bullshitty in some ways. But one of the things that I always come back to, right? Like decades into a meditative practice, into, you know, having talked to my guide since I was a baby, to me, what it means to be enlightened is to be able to hold multiple perspectives, to be able to be like, you know what? my cousin, my mother, my sister, my father, you know, my coworker, whomever doesn't see eye to eye with me, but maybe that's okay. Maybe it's okay for them to like have a different opinion than me. And I don't need to have everybody feel or live the same experience as me. All I need to do is to figure out what works for me. I'm not saying like have poor boundaries and let people you know, treat you poorly. But to me, that is the most important thing at this point, right, is for all of us to be able to be like, go do what you're going to do. Good luck with it. I'm going to be over here doing the thing that works for me. I love, I love that description because I think it's so um, true. And if you can put yourself in other people's shoes, I think you can have empathy for anyone. And I think that's like the true, you know, spirituality or whatever you want to call it is like being able to show empathy to complete strangers, to people who have hurt you. And not like you said, it's not like you're letting people take advantage of you or that you don't have boundaries. It's just understanding everyone has their own lived experience and everyone's been through shit, you know? Yeah. 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 And just, and like acknowledging too, I love the way that you like describe that too, because that's also such a power move to just be like, you know what, like the human experience, my grandmother used to say that growing old wasn't for the faint of heart. And I would be like, Nana, being a human isn't for the faint of heart. Like, everyone alive has some stuff that they have been through. And I think that's the other thing when we get really like, and I say this as someone 
who, as I mentioned, you know, I was a young punk. I was an activist. My parents were peace activists from the time I was a kid, from the time I was in the womb, I was like at anti-war protests, like literally on the street marching for justice. Took me some time to, you know, sort of anchor into a nuanced approach to all of this stuff. But I really, it just, it does, it just seems so important at this point to really like allow other people to live their own soul's journey without trying to like force what we think is best for, for, you know, basically our truth on other people. And that feels like the ultimate flex at this point to be able to be like, you know what, like I have friends and family who have all kinds of different opinions. They, you know, politically, religiously, like whatever the things are and being able to find a way to coexist with each other because that, you know, did you know those like old, the coexist bumper sticker? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We we went to a Unitarian Universalist church when I was in like middle slash high school. So I was very familiar with that, like the coexist thing. And my mom had like a lot of like hippie and which, um, friends so that I always think about that though you know isn't that really again to you that I keep hearing the words my guides keep saying the ultimate flex like that is the ultimate flex is to be able to be like wow that person has a totally different opinion than me and I still love them and I can sit next to them and like basically you know, move in concert with the fact that I'm not going to try because to me, that's where we need to go as a human collective. And that's what's going to ultimately create, you know, to be hyper corny, but like a, a, a peace on earth is for all of us to just be like, I am going to let other people live their truth, have good boundaries. You know, if, if something doesn't work for me or it feels unsafe or whatever the thing is, then I will remove myself from the situation. But at the end of the day, I cannot control other people's experience. And that to me, because we're never going to get to a point where we all agree with each other. Like that's not, there are, what are, there are like 8 billion people on this planet. That is an impossibility, right? We're never going to get to like an 8 billion person consensus. <laughs> that is not that's not real. <laughs> so how can we coexist? And I think to go back to the, you know, this thing you and I have been talking about, and I know like the point of your work and, and the things I do for people is that if you can start to participate in a daily practice, anchor into, you know, some sort of like quiet, whether it's meditation or prayer or journaling or, you know, going for a walk every day or just doing something to basically like quiet your mind and sort of calm your own system down. It makes it so you're able to hold that, that level of possibility in a way that's a lot easier. Yeah. I would love to talk to you about what magic means to you. Mm. Magic is magic is everything. (laughs) Magic, magic means what magic means to me is that, um, you are really listening to, I think I said it, the, that, that phrase, like the whispers of your own heart, that you are working on finding a way to practically from a 3d perspective, embody a sense of stewardship and really anchor into the earth, the animals, the plants, 
your own human experience, listening to the whispers of your own heart, listening to your guidance and being able to basically use all of that power that you have to, to be able to be a point of light and a beacon of, of faith and truth and possibility. So I feel like, you know, magic is a very, um, it's very simple in a lot of ways, but it's really what it boils down to, in my opinion, is living your life with, um, like a continued leap of faith, basically. Yeah. I always ask that question and the answer is always different. So I love asking it. Um, Another thing I'd love to talk about is what does the term starseed mean to you? I really, I, the, the term starseed, it's such, um, such an interesting sort of idea. Um, I feel very much not from I mean, we've talked about how I've channeled light language since I was a kid. Like, I I think that to me, what it means to be a starseed is to essentially be aware of the fact that the world, and by world, I don't just mean Earth, but I mean that there is a magnitude of experience that exists in a way that is far greater than this. You know, we know that there are countless other planets, galaxies, that there is so much more to the act of being a soul than to just be like on earth. It doesn't mean that it's not important to be very grounded in the human experience, very aware of our physical bodies, very like anchored into the experience of being a human, the pleasures, the joys, you know, food, water, sex, exercise, you know, just the sort of like the 3D human body experiences. But I think that to me, what it means to be a starseed, to like anchor into that sense of galactism is to also be aware that the truth of our souls is we've all lived countless lives in other places. And that there are certain people who chose to incarnate at this point on earth with a level of basically futuristic wisdom, as it were, to help to um, anger into something better, to help wake people up, to help them to remember the fact that we are all divine, that we are all connected to God, and that there is something more beautiful and dynamic than anything that any of us can possibly imagine that is like the real truth of being a human. And that being a starseed is really about being a bridge between the physical 3D And then that connection to, you know, galactic wisdom of the divine. Do you, like, what would you say to people who feel the starseed ideology is dangerous and harmful? I think that being a human is a very complicated experience. I think that there are certain things about any ideology that if people get like, like, things can all get perverted and distorted. And so I think, again, like anchoring into a sense of um, of awareness and personal discernment so that if something doesn't feel right to you, that you acknowledge that and step away from it. But there is a rich history. Like if you go, um, do you know who Barbara Hanklau is? It's really familiar. She's a Pleiadian channel. 
I think she's in her 70s at this point, but she's written a bunch of really interesting books. She wrote a book called The Pleiadian Agenda. She wrote um, a book called The Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. She has a bunch of different, like, really interesting books that are about um, Pleiadian channeling, right? Which is like a very star seedian thing to be doing, to be channeling beings from another, like, planet or s- system, and then taking that and anchoring it into Earth. And she is so interesting because she is Cherokee and her family, um, she, her grandfather was a Cherokee record keeper and she essentially was chosen by him to inherit that like body of wisdom. And she talks about how she was taught by him as a kid that, that they were from the Pleiades. And so it's just interesting to me because I think that if you like look from a historical perspective, there's actually a lot of starseed ideology that is integrated into a lot of different places and histories on the planet. And again, you know, things are going to get like messy. But if you think about something even like Planned Parenthood, you know, the woman who started Planned Parenthood was a nutter butter. She was a eugenicist, <laughs> racist. She had a very ugly history. What was her name? Margaret Stanger, I think was her name. But also Planned Parenthood has done a lot of good, right? So like, I think that one of the things, again, it's sort of that idea that I was talking about, about like holding the ability to be able to say, maybe there are certain like parts of starseed ideology that are not exactly the thing. And like, don't throw the bait, what is like, don't, you know, don't like dismiss an entire like rich history that actually presents itself as a, as a really deep awakening for a lot of people, just because there are some people who maybe like use it in a way that is not the greatest look. If that, I don't know if that like makes sense or is, you know, helpful, but that's kind of how I see it is just, again, that idea of like, holding multiple perspectives, like there's a lot of really powerful stuff about the idea of people waking up and remembering that our souls are so much bigger than we could ever imagine. And yes, we are in a human body. We are on earth for a reason. And to get too caught up in that is not the best look, but also how can you take that wisdom and basically harness it and say, oh, there is a lot of wisdom to be had in, you know, I channel a lot of galactic energy. I work with um, beings from Arcturus and the Pleiades and Andromeda and Lyra. And and that's like a big part of the, the wisdom that I think I was really born to carry. And I'm very fucking human. Like, I'm really, I'm a double Taurus in sun and moon. I love the human stuff. <laughs> like I love this planet. I really, I feel like I am like a very um, interesting balance of that, like very like wacky woo woo hyper futuristic starseed wisdom, and then also just being very earthly. Yeah, I think it's important to be grounded, and I think it's just especially with like social media and younger kids like it can be dangerous because there's so many different variations on the belief I think and from what I've seen and if you just you know tune into one thing you're not gonna know the history or the different beliefs or maybe like you said that author and all of the 
other possibilities of what it could actually be if you're grounded instead of like I've seen people say that you have to like cut everyone else off in your life and only like be around other star seeds and like not everyone can be a star seed. And I was wondering like if you could talk about do you believe that anyone can be a star seed or is it like you're specifically chosen to be a star seed? I think that we're all way fucking bigger from a multidimensional perspective. Like our souls, in my opinion, we're all star seeds. We all come from source, whatever that means. And so, and I, and I do, I do not think that sort of like making it like a, you know, Ooh, I'm so special because I'm like this thing. Like that's, it's funny that the word alienating is what's coming through. <laughs> like That's alienating, but like, likely none of us are really from this planet. So at the end of the day, like how can you live in peace and feel really safe and love the earth? Like the earth is what we have, right? The earth is like, we have the physical ground beneath our feet and there's way more to every single one of us. So I would say whether someone chooses to identify as a star seed or not, like we're all way bigger than anything that we've been taught, anything that we understand and anything that we can even, you know, no matter how tapped into magic and the quantum and like all of the psychic stuff that any of us can, there are things that we have to forget in order to be able to live on this planet, right? So like, to me, it's more about what is actually going to help you. If it helps you to, you know, remember that you're part of something that's much bigger than anything that our human brains could possibly understand, like, awesome, move through that, have it work within for you. But if that it like just doesn't feel like the vibe for you, then also being able to be like, that's cool. Like, I'm going to let those people over there who are self-identifying as starseeds to like live their truth. And like, I'm going to go do what actually works for me, which is perhaps to feel more rooted in like the sense of being human, you know, because that's I think to me, again, that's like what what we all really need to be doing right now is like opening up a room for other people to live their truth. And if something doesn't feel like it's like the thing for you, then, then respecting that and not like forcing yourself to engage in an ideology or like a, you know, body of wisdom or work that just doesn't like excite you. Then that means that you have something else that you need to go do. And it's also interesting because that's like part of the advice that I give people who are more, at the beginning of the spiritual journey is to say, the thing that works for me, I can tell you, this is what I do every day. This is my morning practice. This is the thing, you know, these are the things that I do, the magical things, like whatever. And at the end of the day, some of them might work from, for you. But really, the joy and the opportunity that we have on humans is to participate in what amounts to like, a, you know, a sort of metaphysical mystery of our own unfolding where we say, okay, maybe sitting in, you know, strict meditation every day and communicating with my galactic ancestors is the thing about me. And that lights me up and makes me a better person. But if it's not having an impact where at the end of the day, it's making you be able to feel safer in your human body, to be able to coexist with other people in a way that is dignified in some capacity and embodies that sense of stewardship 
then then it's probably time to like keep, you know, keep the journey alive, keep the mystery unfolding and figure out what actually does excite you and work for you, because that's really that's really what we're all here for. Right. Is to find a way to be able to like live in joy and be a, a source of light. So. Yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's such a, that is, Tess, that is like such a, I could talk about this thing of like the star seed ideology for actual like hours and days and weeks and months and probably write like countless books about it. But, um, but if it doesn't, yeah, and it's not, it's not, it's really important. I think no matter what, and I think this is sort of what you were getting at, it's really important that we not, put ourselves on a pedestal and that we remember that we're really human. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, this is my last question about star seeds. And I just want to know if you've like heard anything about it or um, if you like know anything about this when it comes to star seeds, cause I've just read some stuff and do you, hear about like how sometimes people believe that there's a evil alien race like the Lumerians and they need to like take care of them and get rid of them otherwise the earth is be going to become evil um yeah okay so just <laughs> so as part of my life as an OG weirdo I have been reading all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories for decades, like literally decades. Um, and I, I think that there is, I think that part of the enormity of the human experience and the reality of what it means to be on this earth is that there are beings whatever we want to call them. We could call them extraterrestrials. We could call them, you know, humans who have a bad vibe and poor intentions. Like to me, it's less about worrying about what that actually like, yeah, maybe there are lizard people hiding in the government who, you know, are like have a nefarious agenda. Okay. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to be able to use our own power and magic to create something better. And so whatever the sort of bigger metaphysical or galactic truths are about the energies that are being used essentially to create chaos and fear on this planet, like, yeah, I think that there probably is something to this idea that there that the world is a lot more complicated than we realize. And that, but that the the punchline in all of it is to figure out how you, how every one of us can basically take our own, our own wisdom, manage our own energy, disconnect from patterns, people, places, things, you know, beliefs, ideas, energetic baggage that makes it hard for us to be able to show up in a way where we're we're being a good steward of our own experience. So yeah, I think that there is like a lot of sort of crazy rabbit holes that we could fall down. Um, it's probably some truth in some of them. And there's probably a lot of nonsense and noise out there. Um, and again, just like, really, for me, the bigger thing is, 
how can I use the wisdom that I possess to be able to make my own life more dynamic? If something seems hinky and like out of sorts and you're like, you know, falling down a rabbit hole of reading a ton about like, you know, crazy intergalactic species that are on earth causing all sorts of chaos, like that can also be really like fear porny, right? Like that can make it so you don't feel safe in your human body. And I would say it's probably best to like disconnect from that and really do things that actually do really like make you feel embodied and, and cultivate a sense of inner peace and clarity, basically. And if something is like making you feel really uncomfortable or doesn't feel like it's the vibe, like let it go. Like don't, don't engage too much with that, um, you know, with things that cultivate a sense of fear. Thank you for talking about Sorry. that and answering those questions. It's a very hot topic right now. And I know like the listeners are interested. So I appreciate your insight on that. You have so many, you have so many. I am clearly also, I'm a real talker. I'm a talker. I love, I love talking about this stuff. Like I always say about myself, I've said this for years. I have no capacity to engage in small talk. I have only big. So when you sent me like all the questions that you were going to ask me, I was like, Ooh, like literally like the, like for the, you know, past couple of days, I've been like writing notes down. I have no idea if I even hit on any of the things that <laughs> like the points that I had flushed out. And I think that sometimes I can get, you know, sort of like caught in my own like stream of consciousness, but I love talking about this stuff because I think that it is really, um, it's really important for all of us to start to be aware of the fact that there is a lot happening on this planet that we are not necessarily aware of. And how can we wake up to the bigger truths? And also, how can we say at the end of the day, the thing that I want is for the people of earth to have systems political, religious, educational, environmental, things that really work with and for all of us, right? So if that means that someone falls down, you know, the starseed path and starts researching all kinds of stuff about like intergalactic interference and all that stuff, like if, if that helps facilitate your journey as a person to be a stronger, better, faster, you know, more beautiful person who is showing up for yourself in the world and that works for you, do it. If it doesn't and that stuff freaks you out and you're like, that's total insanity and like, I hate that. <laughs> I'm not here for it. It makes no sense to me. Then like honor that and figure out what does inspire you to action. Because at the end of the day, if something's not inspiring you to live your best life, then it's not the thing for you and you need to like keep on moving and not get caught up in it. Yes, 100%. And I'm happy that you talk so much. Sometimes it's hard having people on and they like say two sentences and I'm like, okay, can you keep going? Like, expand on that. So I appreciate oh you talking. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Cause meanwhile, you have me on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, oh my God, I asked her a question five minutes ago. And what does she even still say? <laughs> oh. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I will have links in the show notes for where people can find you. And 
Thanks again. I had such a great time talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space and to everyone listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Andrea Donnelly and all the information on psychic abilities and what starseeds mean to her. There will be links in the show notes. Make sure to follow Everyday Witch Pod to stay up to date. Also, rate and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening and don't forget, you are magic.